0: It's again at D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael K.
1: And I'm Allison.
0: So, Allison, we need to talk about Ellen.
1: So, Michael, yes, we do. <laughs> Very <laughs> <And> much. <laughs> to,
0: to all of the moms who watch Ellen, including mine, and I've had many, many conversations with her about that. But um, to them, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is a sweet-hearted, dancing elf of goodness, and they totally by her be kind image
1: I yeah I would say okay I'm just gonna say one thing when I was on maternity leave I did watch Ellen um, It like I had this like routine of television shows where I had like f- four hours in a row and my daughter would fall asleep on me so I would have to watch TV have to watch anyways Ellen would come on and there was so, like Ellen does present that image but when I was watching her there was always this feeling that I had where I was like i think ellen isn't nice like i think that she she was giving off a vibe of trying to be nice well i think like when she
0: would scare people yes. people were like okay her demon her inner demon is showing itself but mm-hmm. i think moms are like oh that's ellen what a trickster what a, what a gold-hearted prankster what yes. a wholesome prankster
1: yeah what a gentle prankster
0: But for years and years and years, some of us have heard stories Mm -hmm. that Ellen's nice act is just that, an act. And when the cameras turn off, she goes from gizmo to a gremlin, basically. And Mm -hmm. years ago, I mean, years ago, I've heard stories from friends of friends who worked at the show and, you know, claimed... She made employees cry, and Yes, it just was awful. And then in 2016, Kathy Griffin had a blind item in her book that was about Ellen. It was about a certain blonde TV you know, show host who pushes a sweet image but is really an asshole. It was mm-hmm. about Ellen. And Kathy has doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on that throughout the years. And in March, a Twitter thread was started for people to tell their Ellen horror stories And there were stories about her shitty behavior and how every day she'd pick on a new employee of hers to mess with and torture, etc. Other stories came out and um, there were stories that her crew wasn't getting paid during the pandemic since she was shooting from home. Yeah, that, that was rough. Yeah, but the really big Ellen is a demon from hell and exposes were from buzzfeed so buzzfeed reporter christy lee yandoli has done two exposes on ellen she talked to dozens of ellen employees both past and present now many wanted to remain anonymous because of the whole ndna thing they signed a non-disclosure with ellen so they're afraid to get sued um the employees claimed that behind the scenes ellen you know the behind the scenes of ellen was a toxic environment And they mostly blamed executive producers and other senior members of the staff. But they all said that it's Ellen's show, so she's responsible on what happens on stage and backstage and should be more involved. So I'll just go over a few of the claims. So one black woman who worked on the show for over a year said that one of the main writers said to her at a party that he didn't remember her name since he only remembers the names of white people. And, he, and when she mentioned other instances of racism and microaggression, microaggressions, um, when she mentioned it, co- when like she complained about it to higher mm-hmm. ups, co-workers distanced themselves from her. And executive producer Ed Glavin, remember that name, told her that her complaints made her look angry and resentful. So another employee claimed that when they went on a mental health leave after a suicide attempt, they were later told their position was eliminated. Uh, there were other stories from employees who said they got shit for taking time off for mental and medical reasons. They said that there were two sides, uh, two sides to Ellen's staff. So one side drank the Kool Aid, and were liked by producers, and the other side, they realized shit wasn't right, and they spoke out, and they usually didn't get their contracts renewed. Mm-hmm. Buzzfeed also did another story. After hearing from employees who were either the victim of a sexual assault by an Ellen producer or witnessed a sexual assault. So Kevin Lehman, who is the head writer and executive producer, was accused of groping um, a production assistant's penis. He asked another employee if he could give him a blowjob or a handjob in the bathroom at a company party. He allegedly groped another assistant and he asked a male employee in front of everyone if he was a top or a bottom. Ed Glavin was also accused of being handsy with female employees and rubbing their backs and touching their waists, And he was also apparently known for being an asshole who throws loud tantrums. Now, Kevin denied the claims, saying that sometimes during the creative process in the writer's room, they say things that push the envelope.
1: Uh, Okay, except that when have you ever watched Ellen and heard a joke about giving a blowjob in a bathroom or, like, a top or a bottom joke.
0: Ellen after dark. Does she... (laughs) I don't even know. Does she even tell... Like, what is... Is she PG or is she, like, PG-13? No, she's very PG. Really? Yeah. I thought she told, like, some dirty jokes.
1: I mean, if she told a top or a bottom joke, it would probably be something like this. Like, she would be like, um, she'd be like, my favorite position is on top, on top of a delicious ice cream sundae. It would be like that.
0: What the fuck? Is she Milton Berle? <laughs> no, Milton. he would be dirty. Yeah, so, he'd be way dirty. <laughs> all of these allegations led to uh, Warner Brothers doing an investigation into what goes down at Ellen. Ellen hasn't publicly said anything, but an internal memo was she sent to her, her staff was leaked. And she said they're going to do better and... As we've grown um, exponentially, oh my god, exponentially, (laughs) I've not been able to stay on top. There's a top and bottom joke right there. There I've not been able to stay on top of everything and relied on others to do their jobs as they knew I'd want them done. Clearly some didn't. That will now change, and I'm committed to ensuring this does not happen again. And of course, she made herself the victim by writing, as someone who was judged and nearly lost everything for just being who I am, I truly understand and have deep compassion for those being looked at differently or treated unfairly, not equal or worse, disregarded.
1: Do you, okay, I have a question. Is that the real memo that went around or is that like the fake out email that was and I'm using air quotes, leaked? Do you know what I'm saying?
0: That probably really went out and then they, they sent it to whoever, you know page six or they sent it to everybody Mm -hmm.
1: i i feel like it's one of those memos where because it was an email we're losing the tone so we're reading it being like wow ellen's showing a lot of concern but like as she's type as she's typing it she's being like uh someone (laughs) you know like that angry like typing No,
0: I think, like, she meant to come off, like, kind and stuff. And, like, I mean, so many employees have probably lost their eyeballs. They have to learn Braille now because they're they're probably, their eyeballs rolled out of their
1: head while reading this. And Ellen's like, Ellen's like, don't take any time off to take those Braille lessons. No.
0: Do it during lunch. (laughs) So there's been talk that Ellen is done. Ellen DeGeneres herself is done with the show. She's over it and she wants to quit. And um, then there are reports that the show isn't getting canceled. Like one producer said that the show will go on. And Us Weekly said that employees were told in a conference call that Ellen isn't quitting. And they hope to make the show a fun place to work at. And it will be back on the air in September. And this Ellen thing has divided Hollywood. Not really. Mm-hmm. But... Brad Garrett and Leah Thompson sort of confirmed that the rumors are true, Mm -hmm. but Ellen's wife, Portia DeRossi, started the I stand by Ellen hashtag on Instagram and insinuated that bots were responsible for the allegations. Katy Perry, Jerry O'Connell, Diane Keaton, Suzanne Somers... And Kevin Hart also stand by Ellen and a little fun fact, you know, when Kevin Hart lost his Oscar hosting gig because those homophobic tweets came back, mm-hmm. you know, he went on Ellen and
1: <laughs> right.
0: that, uh, yeah, she got shit for that. And she was like telling the Academy to rehire him.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it makes sense that he'd back
1: her ass. I think that I think that what I'm taking from this list is Ellen is a friend to some and not a friend to others. Which is kind of like in real life, you know, you're going to. Yeah,
0: yeah. But also it's like they're rich and they're celebrities. She's not going to treat them like shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, do you think she's really going to like go all cold on Katy Perry and be like, don't look at me in the eyes? Like, no, she's not going to do that.
0: And of course, there's been rumors about Ellen's replacement and names like. James Corden, because why? God, why? Um, Sean Hayes, Wanda Sykes, Kristen Bell, Melissa McCarthy, and Jennifer Aniston, that's random, that's have all been random. mentioned as a possible replacement.
1: Jennifer Aniston does not want to do that.
0: No. She does not want to work five days a week.
1: No. No. And, she like, no. She are, she makes way too, too much rich. money from friends. Yeah. She's too rich. She's, gonna, she's not going to sit on those, like, crappy chairs. Actually, they're not crappy. You know that they're probably very expensive. But do you think this show is
0: coming back in September?
1: Oh, I mean, well, I mean, I hate to get uh, existential, but is anything coming back in September, Michael? Who is to say what this new strange world will bring us in the fall? Will television be what it once was? But with that being said, um, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I think she's going to come back for this is my prediction. I think she's going to come back for one more season. It's going to be very weird because I think she's going to address all the, like, uh, allegations. But she's going to do it in a way that insinuates that it's, like, haters and bots. And then her behavior is going to be very strange. It's just going to be, like, a really weird thing where she should just, like, be like, no, we're done. End the show. It's been on for, like, how long? Too long. Way too long. This is 2003, I think. That's too long. So, yeah, I think she's going to come back, but it's going to be very weird. What do you think? I go back and forth, but I don't think it's going to come back. I
0: think mm-hmm. that this is just going to get bigger and there's mm-hmm. going to be more stories. And like, I think the show is probably done and Portia better switch to a cheaper brand of oat milk because they're going to have to pinch pennies.
1: <laughs> so, so when you say cheaper brand of oat milk, it's like right now, I assume that she's someone is hand squeezing the oats for them every morning. And, like, she's like, okay, I have to downgrade. She has to go to Whole
0: Foods. Yeah. And she she has to do it herself. Yeah, it's it's tough times. But, yeah, I think, like, now that the asshole cat is out of the bag, there's really no going back. And it sucks because, honestly, like, it's a big deal that, like, an out lesbian Mm -hmm. is the host of, like, a major hit daytime talk show. So that... But I mean, we all should have known Ellen was pure evil when she torture us, torture our nerves with that dancing
1: every single day. Oh, people! People in the audience, they they would like be into it for the first thirty seconds, and then they started to get uncomfortable and they did not like it. You could see it in their eyes, but she would still keep dancing.
0: Yeah, she'd still put them through it. That's yeah, we should That's sadistic. Known. That's sadistic. We shouldn't. But who do you think should replace her?
1: Well, you know what? I think she has this like one. Um, well, I mean, who knows if this person even wants to keep working for her. But she always had this, like, one person that would always dress up and scare people. I don't know their name, so forgive me. What, they,
0: they were, like, an assistant or a producer? They were, like, a
1: PA or something. Okay. And so they would, like, dress up and scare people. And I think that person should get the show. It was a guy. And um, because he's been through enough, like, he's had to, like, inflict the torture, like, Ellen has made him. He's, like... Do the, her dirty work. Yeah, he's, like, the Billy from Saw, like... You know what I mean? So yeah. he's had to do all the rotten stuff. So I think that he, if anyone deserves some time on the couch not scaring people, it's that guy.
0: And that, since you don't know his name, they should call the show That Guy.
1: hmm that, that Guy Show. T- that Guy today at four. <laughs> today on That Guy.
0: <laughs> well, I think they should keep the name Ellen, right? Mm-hmm. And just have a revolving pool of hosts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Ellen Cleghorn. Yep. Ellen Pompeo. Ellen Page. Ellen Barkin. Ellen Burstyn. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of elements to go around or or, you know, there honestly is too many talk shows. Mm -hmm. So they should just dump it and bring back starting over start over with starting over. Did you ever watch Starting Over?
1: I never watched Starting Over.
0: Starting Over it was a daytime, daily daytime reality show. Okay. And what it was about is like a group of women who were starting over. So either they had just gotten out of a marriage or whatever. Like they were starting over and they would move into this house and there was a life coach. And I think, yeah, Ayana Van Zant was one of the life coaches.
1: One house. I need a second chance.
0: Women from all walks of life.
1: Driving, Bonding. Reinventing themselves. This house changed my life. Starting over. Life has never been this real. Oh my god, Michael. Okay, we had this in Canada, except it was called Revamped.
0: Yes, you did have it in Canada.
1: Yes. Yes, oh my god, yeah, we had Revamped. Okay, I would absolutely watch starting over because i love
0: revamped they need to start over starting over now alan can be on it no she can't but
1: yeah she's gonna have to start over but just not on the show starting over not on starting Over. so now we're gonna move on to from one person who might be having trouble for stuff that they've done in the past allegedly to two people who are who definitely got in trouble for something that they definitely did in the past so when ryan reynolds and blake lively um started dating in october 2011 uh who would have guessed that they would have eventually decided to get married the next year in september 2012 and when they got married who of us would have guessed that they would have chosen to get married uh on a plantation in south carolina actually Anyone who followed Blake's uh Yeah, it was not website. a surprise. Yeah. She, so her website was preserve.us. Did you call it preserve us or preserve.us?
0: Preserve.us. Yeah it, yeah. it was
1: very strange.
0: Yeah. I, she couldn't obviously get preserve.com. She, yeah. She didn't have the budget to buy .com now. She couldn't get
1: a .com, a .org, a dot Yeah. Not anything. even .net. Mm-mm. Nothing. <laughs> Ooh, that's, she, it's embarrassing. That's, I mean, that's a bad sign. I'm embarrassed for you. So anyway, so she was all, for some reason, and by the way, Blake Lively, like, was born in California, and she, like, spent yeah, time... Yeah, she's be- from, she's LA. from Cal- Yeah, she's from L.A., and she, like, spent time between, like, there and New York. But for some reason, she went through this phase where she was really obsessed with, like, the antebellum South, which... Again, it's like of all the things to be obsessed with, why? But she was really obsessed with it, so her and Ryan decided to get married at this plantation called Boone Hall Plantation. It's in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Yeah, I I mean, plantation is in the name. It's, It's right, it's the third word. So, I mean, even, even if you have like a bad memory, it's number three in there. Like, you're going to remember plantation was there somewhere. So, to be, to be fair to Blake and Ryan, it's not like they knocked on a plantation's door and said, can we get married here? Boone Hall Plantation is, a, it's been a working plantation for like 320 years or something. They host a ton of weddings. It's a very popular place to get married. But again, the word plantation's right in the name. So, with that being said, also, uh, something to note, uh, Boone hall plantation it says right on the website that it's like the plantation is the way that it was there are nine slave cabins that still exist on the plantation so it's they let you know they let you know right away this is a they let you know who 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 they are Mm -hmm. this is a capital p plantation this isn't like oh is this a plantation like it just started last year and you plant uh corn and carrots anyways it's it's bad we all know like it's bad it's not good But still, Ryan and Blake decided to get married there. And the thing that always got to me was, this was in 2012. And I remember when they got married. And, like, I'm sure you probably thought this, too, because you wrote the post on it when it actually happened. But, like, in 2012, it's not like you can say, like, oh, it was a different time. People had no idea. It's like, no, I remember, like, when hearing about them getting married at this plantation and being like, what the fuck did they do? Like, why did they do that? Like, it was... We all knew it
0: was bad. Yeah, we all knew it was bad. But again, I mean, it, because she was like, you know, in love with the annabellum era, it wasn't that shocking that she no, would do that
1: shit. No, And like now we can. OK, I was I was going to skip ahead here, but I'm going to go in chronological order because Ryan Reynolds himself actually addresses the situation that happened. So before we do that, though, Ryan Reynolds was sort of called out about this in 2018 so he tweeted about Black Panther after it came out, being like, "This movie's so great, what? A, blah, blah blah." Which it is, it's a good movie. But P- so many people pointed out they're like, like one person tweeted, "Like, didn't you get married on a plantation?" And everyone was pointing out. So obviously, it's something where Ryan Reynolds was aware, like, okay, people. This is something gross from my past that people are going to bring up all the time. So,
0: yeah. And when they did a, you know, a Black Lives Matter yes. post where they said they were donating $200,000? It was $200,000. Yeah. To the mm-hmm. NAACP. And then they mentioned, they kind of glossed, they didn't mention it, but didn't yeah. they kind of like talk about like, did they talk about past mistakes? Yes.
1: They said, yeah. like, we have to, we, you know, we're learning from our past mistakes or we want to do better from our past mistakes. Right. And, stuff. and yeah. of course, everyone online was like... Plantation we, wedding. Yeah, plantation wedding. We know what you're talking about when you say past mistakes. Like, you can just say it. So they never said it. They never mentioned their plantation wedding. So cut to very recently, Ryan Reynolds did an interview with um, the magazine Fast Company. And so they Fast Company mentioned... You donated all this money and, you know, you said you you like identified uh, your privilege and you identified that you're like just kind of starting to realize like systemic racism and stuff like that, which led to Ryan talking about the plantation wedding. So he says, it's something we'll always be deeply and unreservedly sorry for. It's impossible to reconcile. What we saw at the time was a wedding venue on Pinterest. What we saw after was a place built upon devastating tragedy. Years ago, we got married again at home. But shame works in weird ways. A giant fucking mistake like that can either cause you to shut down or it can reframe things and move you into action. It doesn't mean you won't fuck up again. But repatterning and challenging lifelong social conditioning is a job that doesn't end. So, Ryan blames it on Pinterest. Which,
0: I mean, the apology is not for me to accept, but... the that pinterest thing is a fucking lie
1: well it's like it's a lie because also it's like oh you found it on pinterest i'm sorry but didn't blake lively have a website at that time where she was like it was like her own personal pinterest board like what's she doing browsing on pinterest for she had preserve.us yeah even even blake lively didn't believe in preserve.us apparently (laughs) no and she probably picked it out
0: before she met ryan reynolds
1: Oh, yeah, that was on her vision board.
0: Yeah, because she wants to be like the goop Scarlett O'Hara when we're like, bitch, you from Tarzana.
1: <laughs> Scarlett of Tarzana. But, like, also when he says, like, again, yeah, like what you said, this is not for me to accept this apology. All I can do is pick apart this apology in a critical way. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing. So when he says, when he calls it a giant fucking mistake, I was like, no, it was a giant fucking bad choice. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't like, whoopsies, we got married on a plantation. It's not like people, guests arrived and they're like, wait, what's, holding their hands. They're like, what's a plantation? What is this place? Like, yeah, you put the deposit. You had months to decide. Yeah, you literally called this place. And every single time they picked up the phone, they're like, hello, Boone Hall Plantation. And honestly, if they really wanted to be classy, they'd get married at Boone's
0: farm. Thank you very much. Oh, do you think that they allow mer- weddings there, Michael? They would not allow the likes of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Wait, did, you said it's Boone's Farm, right? Yeah, Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill. You know the makers of yeah, Strawberry like Hill, yeah. cheap
1: wine. <laughs> yeah, bo- Boone's. We we used to call it just Boone's, but oh, no, yeah,
0: we we, ca- we just called it Strawberry Hill. Even if like we wanted the peach one, we'd be like, "What flavor of Strawberry Hill do you want?" <laughs>
1: Also that lo- that would look so much classier on a wedding invitation. Imagine, oh we're getting married at Strawberry Hill. We're getting married in front of the vat where they pour the corn syrup for the
0: <laughs> for yeah, the wine. Yeah.
1: But anyways, I mean, I I will just say like I I do believe that they're like I I believe them when they say that it, yeah, it is impossible for them to reconcile, like they don't they can't like wash their hands of it and all they can do is do better going forward. And what what was like
0: also surprising is they never released any kind of the only wedding pictures they released mm-hmm. were like pictures from the dessert bar Yeah. for Martha Stewart weddings. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like nobody's ever seen a picture of her dress nobody probably because of that, maybe because they're embarrassed because it was on a plantation, but I was so shocked. Cause I was like, she's going to get the cover of Vogue because that's when Anna winter was up her ass. Oh, she's she was obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she got the cover like two or three times, which is like Blake Lively. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Robin Lively, yes. Blake Lively, no. I mean James Lively from National Lampoon's European Vacation, naturally. No, of course, yeah,
0: of course. So we're gonna end this part with a batshit help wanted ad that I'm skeptical of because okay. the internet is full of trolls mm-hmm. who love to troll. But, um a redditor who goes by the name Keel Hall Rose posted a screenshot of an ad looking for a babysitter, so the ad was posted by a mom from Toronto. It's mm-hmm. not you,
1: Allison. no, it's At not, least, but I, I hope not It's not, but I will say it's not too far away from my house, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, but I'll read the whole thing mm-hmm. Babysitter needed one hundred dollars. Looking for babysitter to come to my two-bedroom condo from 6.30 a.m. to 6.00 p.m. Location, just off the DVP on Eglinton. Two girls, six and two, both well-behaved and polite. And this part is in all caps. Must provide food, vegan organic food only. Must be smoke-free. Must submit criminal background check. Will pay $5 upon clean record. Don't ask me to pay for the check. Women only. Must work weekends with no notice. Price listed is weekly. After six months, if we are still conducting business, wages will go up to $150 a week. No, you cannot sleep at my condo. No, you cannot have friends over. No, you cannot study, slash, watch YouTube, slash, be in your phone while on duty. Oh be in your phone? Be. <laughs>
1: Well, she said they can't sleep at the condo, so she's got to give them an option. They're either going to be in their phone or in the condo. Or sleeping in the phone. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I know that intersection is a mess. She should be offering $100 just to show up there because that place is impossible to get to. So, I mean, at the very least, she should be letting them look at YouTube if they're making them go all the way up to the DVP in Eglinton. That's a very Toronto-specific joke. But, I mean, the most offensive thing to me is the money, Right. Well, yeah, because if you're
0: working 11 and a half hours a day, Monday Mm -hmm. through Friday, let's see, for $100 a week, that's like $1.74 an hour.
1: And you've got to- Yeah, very much illegal. And also, you have to bring your own vegan organic food. What kind of vegan organic food are you going to buy with $1 an hour?
0: Yeah, if it was me, what I would do is I would go outside, pick some grass, weeds, put it on a plate, put salt in, and give that to the kids. Bon appetit. That's what, because $100, I mean, that's not even going to buy you vegan food for the week.
1: No, you know what? Okay, you know what that's going to buy you for the week? It's going to buy you a bag of no-name dried beans that you have to soak yourself. And then the mom is probably going to charge you for the water that you use coming out of the tap. So take that out of the money as well. And then, yeah, like you said, whatever grass you can pick on the way there.
0: Yeah. And if I can't be on my phone, like, what the f- what the fuck are we supposed to do?
1: I mean, also, yeah, she wants organic vegan food every single day. Well, where are you going to find those recipes online?
0: You have to look for them. And and once I'm doing that, what am I supposed to do? Like stare at the children? And, you know, we listen to each other's, you know, stomach scream for some kind of food since I couldn't afford to feed us on my $100 a week. (laughs)
1: To be fair, Michael, she did say the children are polite, so if you do sit there staring at each other listening to their stomachs, the kids aren't going to make it weird. They're going to be polite about it. They're going to be like, I like the way your stomach sounds when it grumbles. The money thing is kind of what throws me out. The other stuff
0: I can see being real, but like, you get what you pay for in some instances. So it's like, I, I don't know why you would want some 99 cent store childcare.
1: It's it's true, and especially, look, ne- what is 99 cent childcare gonna give you? You know what she needs to do if she's only willing to spend $100? She just needs to buy a Nest Cam, and she's gonna have to make sure the Nest Cam brings its own vegan organic food. Bring its own, I mean, yeah, the
0: only one who's gonna, like, apply to the ad is like the It Clown, and other people who who should not be around children.
1: <laughs> the It Clown's gonna be like, I can ma- I can guarantee that the food is vegan, but I cannot ensure that it's organic. <laughs>
0: So now we're going to get into five stories, starting with Sean Penn, who got married for the third time to his 28-year-old girlfriend, Layla George. Sean is turning 60 next month. They have been together for about four years. Layla is the actress daughter of Vincent D'Onofrio and Greta Scacchi, and she's also one year younger than Sean's daughter, Dylan, and just two years older than his son, Hopper. Sean confirmed their wedding, saying they had a COVID wedding because they got married by a county commissioner via Zoom, and joining them was just his kids and her brother. Sean was married to Madonna and then Robin Wright. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I feel like a Zoom wedding is perfect for Sean Penn because it feels like the safest way to observe Sean Penn.
0: It's from like afar, not, yeah, with that screen dividing you?
1: hmm in a different location, only connected by a Wi-Fi connection.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right. And moving on, <laughs> uh, Mackenzie Scott, who used to be known as Mackenzie Bezos, but changed her last name after her divorce, she was married to Amazon founder Jeff Bezos for 26 years. And when they divorced last year, she got a payout of $38 billion and 4% shares in Amazon, making her the third richest woman in the US. She announced last year that she signed Bill and Melinda Gates' Giving Pledge and promised to give nearly all of her wealth away during her lifetime or in her will. She started off by donating $1.7 billion to various organizations and institutions, including black colleges and charities that support women's rights, LGBTQ equality, and ones that fight racial injustice and climate change by the way she made that money back in 2 days meanwhile jeff bezos recently made 13 billion dollars in one day and probably gave away 0 dollars and 0 cents of it
1: he might have given away like 10 dollars that accidentally slipped out of his pocket but he that was not intentional you know i think that her like i think that all the donating is really really great and it's a good start but we have to acknowledge the fact that it's no match to the greatest sacrifice that she's made in her lifetime, which is being married to Jeff Bezos.
0: Yeah, no. so she should donate to herself? (laughs)
1: Yeah, like that that guy seems like you wouldn't want to be married to him. (laughs) And, you know, I looked at all the
0: organizations, it was a very long list, Mm -hmm. and I didn't see the uh, Michael K Foundation for Stupid Lazy Trash. And it's
1: it's coming. That's on her second. She's just. It was the first phase. This she'll be. Well, on the I checked
0: phase. my foundation's checking account, which is also my personal checking account, since I'm lazy, and it didn't. I didn't see a direct deposit from her, so she must be sending a paper check. Yeah. Or I'm like, in the next round.
1: You're definitely in the next round, but Michael, don't spend any of that money because you don't want to start adding up overdraft fees just in case you're in the third round.
0: Oh yeah, I've already spent it. So those, oh no,
1: eight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so it's eight months later, and we're still talking about the Cats movie. Mm-hmm. But Sir Angeloid Webber, who wrote the songs and music for Cats, did an interview with the Sunday Times, and he scratched at the movie's director, Tom Hooper, by saying, "...the problem with the film was that Tom Hooper decided that he didn't want anybody involved in it who was involved in the original show. The whole thing was ridiculous."
1: Michael, I'm actually really concerned when Andrew Lloyd Webber says this, like, I don't know how we can get a doctor over to his house, but like, if anyone knows where he lives, please send a doctor over because Andrew Lloyd Webber has clearly suffered some kind of brain injury that has made him forget about how ridiculous the stage version of Cats is.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's Cats. It's ridiculous. You can't spell ridiculous without Cats. Don't fact check me on that. It's true. It's like, yeah, did you see the fucking shell?
1: Also, I would argue the Cats movie was could have been more ridiculous. Um, that, I, yeah, that I disagree with you <laughs> on. It was pretty ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Tony Braxton is now the only beauty influencer I trust because she did a video for Vogue's Beauty Secrets series on YouTube and said that one of her biggest beauty secrets is a vibrator. And no, she... Doesn't say to get the glow from, you know, doing yourself with a vibrator. She claims she only uses it on her face and doesn't use it to unbreak her coochie. Um, She puts the vibrator on her face, especially her under eye area, and says it tingles all the muscles in her face and wakes them up.
1: Hmm. You know what? Okay. Okay. I want to know how she discovered this because, like, I have not found a single beauty routine or, like, YouTube video that tells you to put a vibrator on her- your face. So, to me, this feels kind of like, like a bizarro world equivalent to, like, those embarrassing ER stories where it's like, like, oh, doctor, I was uh, shopping for cucumbers and I accidentally fell and the cucumber went up my butthole. But this is like, doctor, I fell while I was using my vibrator and it landed on my face. And now I look gorgeous. Mm-hmm.
0: That's probably what it was. But um, I'm an environmentalist, right? And of course, I believe we should limit our use of electronic, you know, and battery powered devices, which is why I prefer waking up my face muscles a more natural and green way than a vibrator. I just get dick slapped with an actual dick. It just, just dick slapped me pretty. And I was going to say that you also get a protein rich mask out of it, but. Michael. Nobody nobody (laughs) needs to hear that. So we'll move on. (laughs) And finally, the internet recently had another blue dress, gold dress, or Yanny versus Laurel moment. So recently, a TikTok video went viral of a woman playing this audio of some robot thing saying a word. Now, the audio is from a children's toy, and it already went viral in 2018. But it went viral again on TikTok. So the way it works is um, on the video are two words green needle and brainstorm. So if you can, write the words green needle and brainstorm somewhere, right? When -hmm. you look at the word green needle while listening to the audio, you hear him say green needle. And when you look at the word brainstorm um, while listening to the audio, you hear brainstorm. So I'm going to play the audio, but you need to look at the word Mm -hmm. while listening to it. So
1: here's the audio. (laughs) Yes, so I was looking at Green Needle, and I heard Green Needle. Yeah, and I
0: look at, like, brainstorm, brainstorm, and I hear Brainstorm.
1: Yeah, it at first, though, it sounded like, um, like, Round One from Street Fighter. Yeah, it so totally does. if you're looking at the word Round One, you're gonna hear that as well. Yeah. It's very, Michael, it's very strange. Like, this, I'm, I'm kind of scared, yeah, like kind of this, like, hold, well, me. hold me. <laughs> Just this feels like, you know, with like, you're playing with like, like dark magic and stuff like black magic. It kind of feels like we're doing something wrong with the spirit world.
0: Well, <laughs> or, mind. you know, TikTok has been accused of stealing, you know, the private data of users, right? So they basically probably stole our thoughts now by... Yeah, and they're going to return. Once they look at mine, they're going to return it. But yeah, they probably stole our thoughts. We're going to end this episode with our new little segment called Show and Tell, where Allison and I share something we're currently into. This week, I'm giving you an album, since I'm practically rolling stone. (laughs) Well, I'm always rolling and stoned, so that makes it Rolling Stoner uh, magazine. So this album is a little old, it came out at the end of June, and I feel like I'm always recommending old shit. Like, next week, I'm going to be like, I have a hot new artist for you. His name is Beethoven. <laughs> oh, he, he brings the bops. Oh,
1: you're like, oh, number nine slaps. No, well, also, end of June, that's kind of recent. <laughs> kind of recent, but you know, things move fast. It's but not anyways. like you're recommending like Madonna True Blue or anything. It's like a month old. That's good.
0: Oh, wait, Madonna True Blue didn't come out in june oh shit i gotta scrap my choice <laughs> okay but anyway this album is called what's your pleasure and it's from Jessie ware who is most known uh for that song even in our wildest moments yeah okay. yeah you know that song right yeah uh-huh so she makes like dreamy easy listening and what's your pleasure is her disco album So it's very easy, breezy disco music, you know, and it's like what you would play, what would be played um, like at a Studio 54 themed doctor's office or in a Studio 54 themed elevator.
1: You are selling this better than any marketing department of any record label could. I am? You are. uh,
0: I don't know. Whoever the record label is, call me. I'll do I'll do the marketing for the re-release.
1: Disco in a doctor's office. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, snore two lines, and call me in the morning. <laughs> is what that disco doctor would say. But um, yeah. So you like you just want to put on you know a gold satin caftan, you know, lay on a shag rug under a disco ball while there's an orgy going on around you in slow motion because it's very like you know soft disco. So my favorite songs are Ooh La La. Soul Control, and Read My Lips. I also like Save A Kiss too. I like Where You... I'll remember, I, uh, remember Where You Are. So basically, that's all the songs. Yeah. So that's my show and tell pick of the week.
1: That's a good one. And Michael, when do you listen to this album?
0: Usually when I'm working. I only usually only listen to music when I'm working. Hmm. Or in the car. But I'm, this one's a little too soft for me in the
1: car. Like in the car, you know, you want something... I was going to say, yeah, you don't want to like, you don't want to have like Fall asleep. A, yeah, like, the, <laughs> like disco nap in your car in the middle of the highway. <laughs> don't do that.
0: <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. No. Yeah, That's... not with these insurance prices. So, yeah.
1: No. <laughs> um. So, Michael, my pick is, and it should come as no surprise because, I mean, it's no secret that I'm from Canada. But my show until this week is Canada's Drag Race. Now... We, you, and I have talked about this personally, privately, off mic before. And I asked you if you were watching it, and I didn't really sell it to you. Like okay, I was, sell I was it just to me. well, I don't even know where to watch it. Okay, so here is with that being said, if you are in Canada, you can watch it on the streaming service Crave. You have to pay for it, but I mean, look, you know someone with a password to Crave. Um, in the states, there is this live streaming service called Sling. Yeah, I know Sling. You can watch it on Sling. There's another one called Philo. You can watch it on Philo. Yeah, I know Philo. Okay. Right. It airs every Thursday night. So anyways, you can watch it on any of those. Um, so before, when I tried to sell it to you, I was like, it's kind of like Drag Race. It's really budget. It's like, it's good. It'll scratch a Drag Race itch. But the reason that I'm selling it this week is because this most recent episode was their Snatch Game episode.
0: Are they like halfway through?
1: Uh, yeah, about that. They've eliminated five contestants so far. Okay, Five out of, I don't know, 12 or something. Anyways. Okay. So the Snatch Game episode was... It was so good. Like, you know how when you watch a normal Drag Race episode, Snatch uh, Game characters can be kind of divided into, like, three categories, right? It's like incandescent, like, so good, forgettable, and then just, like, total train wreck, right? Yeah. This one was literally... All incredible or all train wreck? and Like, who did they do? Okay, so my favorite um queen, her name is Jimbo. And Jimbo's kind of like if Katya and Nina Bonina Brown had a baby who loved to eat sandwiches. So Jimbo okay. did Joan Rivers. And when he was, like, talking about Joan Rivers in the workroom, I don't even know. I don't think we call it the workroom. I think it's some Canadian. The Canadian puns are out of control. But anyways, he was talking about... um Joan Rivers, and I was like, this could be bad. I think it's going to be bad. At the yeah. very least, I'm not going to laugh. Michael, I barked out laughing like 11 times. It was one of the best stash games I've ever seen in my life. It was one of the best Joan Rivers impressions. Like, it was better than actually watching Joan Rivers. Many times I had to remind myself, Joan Rivers is dead. That's not Joan Rivers that you're watching. It was really, yeah. really good. Another queen did Edith Piaf. Like, the, it was this French queen, because Canada is like you know, English French and French. Canadian, yeah, yeah. So, this French Canadian queen did Edith Pf, and it was again, it was so good, it was so offensive. Um, it was like completely over the top. Uh, anyways, I, I like I cancel enough uh, one of the queens did Jojo Siwa, which again, I was like, Look, I don't love when people do YouTube celebrities, but it was, it was. Great. It was really, really great. And then after the Snatch Game, it, the runway was Night of a Thousand Celine's, which was really nice because in one episode, they completely, you know, made up for all the shameful things that Brooklyn Heights did to Selene in the season 11 Snatch Game. Um, did they do the, what size you got look? <laughs> they didn't but they oh should God, have no. you know what it's i think every queen went into it knowing. <laughs> i can't do what size you got i'm not gonna do it justice um anyways uh candace drag race is so great the only thing that's really weird about it is um like the judges are brooklyn heights um jeffrey boyer chapman mm-hmm. stacy mckenzie who is like a canadian legend stacy McKenzie is the best but there isn't like a host like there's no rupaul it's kind of like a revolving door so whoever the extra special guest judge is they're actually the host of the episode so look i don't like that who but,
0: hosted
1: snatch game um brooklyn heights in, okay in boy drag. in boy
0: drag okay
1: and you know what brooklyn heights was great it was really good. Anyway, so that's what I'm trying to say is like Canadian Drag Race. It I was watching it every week, but I was like not totally into it. And then the Snatch Game episode like sent me. I was like, this is this is a great that's show. It's so good. It. Yeah. Yes. So I I that's my show and okay, tell yeah, for this week. I'll check it out on Sling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Sling I think is only twenty dollars a month. So I'll wait until it finishes and then I'll just binge it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Do that. So don't tell me no spoilers. <laughs> no, I don't well. care <laughs> but um, that's it for us if you have a question or a tip or a note or whatever for us you can email us at DTP at you can also find us on Instagram at Delisted is Trash but I never update that I should um, so that's that till next
1: week yes talk to you later Michael bye bye